Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys, welcome back. I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. We got a special guest on today, Dylan Suter. Dylan, what's going on? Not too much, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, giving you whatever I can and, and hopefully changing some lives. Absolutely. Yeah, so like we talked about, I mean, the whole premise of this show is, is talking about how agents can invest, overcome the obstacles, some, sometimes mental, sometimes financial, um, and getting into real estate investing and really not only to you know, help their clients achieve wealth, but to help them achieve wealth and financial freedom. And um, if it's okay with you to kind of start at the beginning for you, like what, what got you into real estate in general? Absolutely. So I grew up in a family that well divorced. My parent, my mom and dad separated when I was less than six months old. My mom then remarried afterwards. But part of the reason she went through that divorce was just given the fact that um, finances weren't in order the way they needed to be. And so when she ended up leaving my dad, uh, she ended up taking on three different jobs, working about 20 hours a day, uh, six, seven days a week. And uh, and I vividly remember it. Um, I'm visual and, and can... Um, can remember those days where she'd come home at night, feed me and then go back out. And uh, I remember the house, it was a townhouse in Burlington with some steep stairs as soon as you walk in the door and it, it was very vivid to me. So that was a really a driving force for me, seeing her work around the clock to, to kind of come from nothing towards something. And I made, the, I made a decision in that moment and, and the decision is like that. You can make a yeah. decision instantly and change your outcome in the future. And I made a decision in that moment that I would not have my family go through that and I wouldn't raise a family at some point in the future like that. And mm -hmm. over the years, uh, watching her as a develop from a teller at a bank for 20, 30 grand a year up to a, one of the top five mortgage brokers at uh, or mortgage agents at Scotiabank, one of the top five banks here in Canada. Um, she was there for, I think, 21 years and she was top five every year when she got into mortgages. So she really went from nothing to something. And what I noticed was that you can create your own financial liter literacy, no matter what level of schooling and education you have. Um, and you can do that through things like podcasts and books and personal development courses and growth. And so I, uh, I, I basically bought my first house when I was 18, when I legally could. My mom gave me the down payment and co-signed on a property for me um, while I was in school. And I bought a house far enough away from school thinking that I would be the house that wouldn't have overflow for house parties. Um, and so I could really make it a financial benefit. And, uh, and it taught me a couple of finance, like valuable financial lessons um, that rent isn't just yours to spend how you wish, but there are expenses and make sure you're looking at the net. And so that was really the discovery of where I got to focusing on the net. So before I go any further, I'll, I'll let you ask any other questions or go any further on that. No, I, I, not too often that we get somebody who's like, yeah, I started when I'm 18. Most of the time we get people, I mean, like myself, we're thinking about doing it, thinking about doing it, thinking about doing it, wasting a whole bunch of time at that moment. Right. You had already said like your driving motivation was like, you know, you're going to get your family uh, at a later date into a financial position that, that you weren't in when you were younger. Did you know at that moment, like being 18, that it was real estate or were you still like kicking around different ideas? You weren't sure. I had no idea. I mean, when I bought that house, the idea was there was two options in school. 
well, there was really, there was more than two, but I'll, I'll boil it down to the two that I had. I either rent off of someone and I'm paying money that's wasted that I'll never see again because I'm paying to live. And that's just boiling it, like flushing it down the toilet. Or I could purchase a property and I could take that asset as an opportunity to improve the asset and also collect rent. And hopefully the rent will offset my living expenses so that I can live for free. Now, from there, I went through school doing that. I started a painting company that same year. Um, it was the first summer and I, the University of First Class Painters, my first question to them was, do I have to paint? They said, no. I said, awesome, sign me up. And uh, I ran a painting company without painting. I did that for two years. I was then promoted to the regional director of all of Ontario. So I ran, I coached and developed individuals uh, that were looking to start a business in, in university. And, uh, and I, I did that for three, four more years. Um, I still have the painting company today, 14 years later. It's definitely a, a back burner priority. It's not something that's the forefront. We mainly, mainly use that business for our own uh, in-house work now. I don't really go out and actively look for business for a couple of years. Um, but I loved sales. I loved the idea of sales, but I also liked the idea of creating wealth through assets. And so when I sold that house, I dumped it into two condos. I had two new build condos that I took the 60 or 70 grand profit. It wasn't the way you can make profit nowadays, but 60 or 70,000 profit over that five-year period. And I bought two new builds and uh, they, they, they were built over the next two and three years. And then I got into a flip and I was just doing this in my personal name thinking, it's better to have assets than to, to sit in the money in your bank account. And quite honestly, when I had money in my bank account, I'd spend it on something stupid, like, I don't know, going to a bar or, or having a really nice dinner or something, which didn't really have a, a long-term value. It was pleasurable in the moment, but it didn't give me that, that long-term vision. So I, I developed a bit of a longer-term wealth perspective. And going back to my painting company, I really enjoyed the sales aspect. I didn't love selling something that people didn't want to pay for. I mean, the, common, the most common objection I would get was, well, I can do it cheaper myself. Well, if you can do anything cheaper yourself for the most part, like at the end of the day, if you're really good at something, you, of course you can, you can do it better yourself, but then you're trading time for money and you're on the left side of the cash flow quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I, I found that I, I read that book and I discovered I want to be on the right side. I want to be a business owner and investor. And, uh, and when I looked at what a business owner was, it was kind of what I was doing in my painting company on a really small scale because I wasn't actually painting. I wasn't the operator. I was the mm -hmm. owner. And I would run the business versus being in the business. And so when I was selling the buying and selling these houses, I, I became close with the realtor that I had. Um, I actually signed up and got my real estate license because a couple of realtors told me that it'd be a really good opportunity for me. I got my real estate license just to be an investor and cover my own, like basically do it myself. Going back to that same objection I had in painting, well, I can do it better myself. I'll just do it cheaper myself. Yeah. Um, but, and what I found was it's a, it's a way that a lot of people get into the business, but it's also a way that a lot of people stay in the business. And uh, one of my mentors, Stefan Arnio, said years ago was that if you are a realtor transacting and just doing that every single day and you treat it as a job, if you're still in that role 10 years from now, you haven't developed a business. You haven't created this ideal world that real estate can really create for you. And so I look at a lot of these agents that have been in the business 20, 30, 40 years. Some of them are really close friends of mine. And I'm looking at it going, they've created a job for themselves that they can't get out of. Yep. And they haven't taken that capital that they've earned through real estate to reinvest and create that, that, that wealth long-term. There's no pension in real estate. So you need to create that pension yourself. And I realized that really quickly. 
And I fell in love with, with, with buying and selling houses and creating wealth for other people. And uh, that kind of started the tra trajectory where I ended up scaling up in 2018. I started my first corporation, buying in my first corporation and fast forward to, to 2021, the end of 2021 here. And I'm closing in on 700 doors um, in, a short, in a very short period of time. But I would also say over that period, I've also learned how to coach, train and, and find a niche in real estate investing that not only served me financially, but served the greater good of, of people that wanted to, to create wealth for themselves and their family long term. Um, and I think it really was a, the, the switching point for me was a couple of years into real estate. I went to one of these big conventions and someone was sitting beside me at dinner and said, you're all about the money. And when I go back to that thought that I, I started with, with my mom was in a financial hard times, I recognized fast, fasting, fast forwarding, that kind of was all about the money, but I needed to find a bigger purpose. And I picked up the book, Find Your Why by Simon Sinek, read through it on the plane ride home, just half of it, because half of it's about a team and half of it's about you. I wasn't at the team. I needed to figure out me first, and I can't help my team unless I have me figured out. So I read the me part. I met with uh, my team leader at the time, and I had her go through the, the my find my why. And I found that my why is to inspire others through success to think bigger and live their endless potential. And uh, that started driving me towards where I'm at now, which is, is really pouring into others and, and not being all about just the economic value that I can get, but also being able to share that insight information and come from contribution uh, for those that are really willing to, uh, to, to put in the work and, and grow and, and uh, create a better world for themselves and those around them. So how long were you active as a real estate agent? Were you considered the real estate agent piece of your life to be where you are earning the most income? I would say even now, the real estate agent portion of my life, I'm still earning the, I'm still earning the most income. But I got my license in uh, June of 2016, somewhere in the summer of 2016, I'll call it. Um, we're now at the end of 2021. I don't know exactly when this can be released, so I'm not going to share a date. Uh, but let's just call it the end of 2021. So I'm about five and a half years into real estate. Um, every year I have doubled my sales business, but every year I've also added more agents to my team. 2018, I had the whole thing fall apart and rebuilt it, um, which was a blessing in disguise because I got to build it based on a model and a system as opposed to being an entrepreneur. I got to be purposeful about my hires. I got to do, do things that you need to do to ensure that the business grows, not just make money. Um, however, even this year, like I'm going to, our team is going to do combined over 2 million in GCI. Um, my own sales are over half of that. So the, the transaction value that I do is more than 50%. Now I will also preface that by saying that when I first started real estate, I had buyers and sellers that were residential buyers and sellers. Some of them would turn into buying like one rental property or selling one rental property. Um, and then I found a niche in doing a two unit duplex conversion concept. Then I did three unit conversions. Then I did flips. Then I did Airbnb and short term rentals and cottage rentals. And I did all these different things where I would do it first myself. And then I would get to my clients. And then I found my happy place, which is in apartment buildings. And I did a 32 unit apartment building that is just coming up on two years now. And it's going to be completely refinanced. We quadrupled the value over two years. So we bought yep. it for 3.4. It's worth over, over 12 million now. Um, and that was like, that's a game changer because the net worth and the equity that I have in that building is worth anything is worth more than I've made in real estate since I've started. Yeah. Um, and that I think is where I found my niche. And this year I focused on apartment buildings, scaling and building the system for apartment buildings. And I have agents within my organization that really niche down to what they're passionate about, whether it be condo sales, first time buyers, downsizers, uh, flipping and, and duplex conversion or small apartment buildings. And so we have, uh, a large team that 
we really specialize on all the different areas of real estate and I've taken on apartment buildings. So the commission checks are obviously larger when you're selling a five or $10 million apartment building than if you're selling a five or 500 or $600,000 house. Yeah. One thing that you said that I think, you know, bears repeating or going a little bit more in depth is that this one apartment deal, your, the, the net, the net worth that you've gone up from that is more than what you've earned as an agent. And now if you compare that, like, dollar per hour or like how much time you've put in, like, I would imagine it's substantially different, right? Well, and, and I think that's the real discovery. And if you haven't read the, the Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, I'm sure everyone here is looking to be an investor has, but even going further into that, the cash flow quadrant, and if you don't want to read the book, Google them and go online and watch a 20, 20 minute YouTube video on what the cash flow quadrant's all about, because it's really the driving force about around finances and, and how you can take control of your life. I knew I wanted to get away from the 95% of the public that's on the left side. And I wanted to get into the 5% of the public that's on the right side. And when you look at the, the employee and self-employed on the left, and you look at business owner and investor on the right, 95% of the population in the world is on the left side of that, but they only make 5% of the world's wealth. Whereas 5% is on the right and they make 95% of the world's wealth. And if you look at Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, you look at all these really uber wealthy people, they are business owners and investors. They're not in their business doing the, the transactional value. So with this apartment building, um, I'm not there every day. I have I have employees and 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 business, small business owners that are there every day that are on tools that are doing the work. Uh, we pay property management on every property I own. There's no point in me going out and changing a toilet for for what it's going to take me when I can pay a couple hundred bucks for a plumber to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really building a business that way. The other thing that you got to keep in mind is. And I don't know where all your listeners are from, but I can tell you right now that for us in Ontario and in, in, in that city in St. Catharines, the tax advantage of that apartment building is that I'm owning it two years. It's no longer a business revenue. It's a capital gain, which means that if I was to sell it, the tax that I will pay is 50% of my tax, my tax bracket on that equity versus the business income that I earn through selling real estate is taxed at 100%. So if I was to make a million dollars in my business, or my, my taxable income is about 53% of that. Whereas if I made a million dollars on a sale of a building or a sale of a property, and there's a million dollars in upside, it's only half of the 53%. So my taxes is about 26% versus 53%. So of that million dollars, I'm gonna keep 740 grand on the building, whereas I'll only keep 47,000 on, the, on the, the, the business. Let's take a quick break from the episode. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincamerancoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And so like one thing that I want to just, um, you know, kind of pause for a second on, you've done so much and you're obviously a quick starter. I mean, literally like you did your first investment deal when you were 18 and you're obviously have done a lot with your team. So one thing I want to want to do is just slow you down and just say, hey, like those agents that are coming on your team that are coming in and they're like, oh my God, Dylan's doing so much. Like he's building, you know, financial worth and doing more than just transactions. Like what advice would you give to those people who have done nothing yet? Like they've just sold some houses. They haven't, when I say done nothing, they've probably done real estate, but they haven't invested. What would you say, what advice would you give to those people? Like after all the experience that you've had? I think that's a great question. And everyone that's joined my team, yep, everyone that has joined my team that is currently on my team and has even left came into my team brand new. Mm -hmm. They came to my team with uh, no real estate sales experience and no real estate investment experience. 
And I would say that it, I don't think it was the driving force for all of them, the investment side, but I think that it was probably what put me over the edge versus looking at other, uh, other competitors that I was working with. Um, so agents that come on my team, I mean, one, going back to that lesson that I talked about with Stefan Arneo, where it was, um, if you're real, if you're selling real estate 10 years from now, you're not, you don't have a business, you don't have wealth and you're living off of your, your revenue. Um, something else that he always used to say on all of his books and his YouTubes was the, the best investment you can make is in yourself. So go find someone that's doing what you want or go and find someone doing where you want to be and give them your time. You don't have to uh, go and say, hey, I want 20 bucks an hour to go and find you properties. You can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go find you properties and I just want you to teach me how to do that. And the first few properties I'll happily do uh, for free. And then after that, if we find that there's an opportunity, then then go and, and drive yourself. And I think that's what in, in real estate, we have agents that live on commission. It's not a whole lot of businesses that the entire industry is a commission based business. Mm -hmm. um, you even see it now with some of the, the companies in the States, such as like Redfin, where they just pay your realtor 60, 80 grand a year. They give them a bunch of leads and they just pay them because of their license. That doesn't actually create wealth for them. The Redfin's mm -hmm. making all the money, not the realtor doing it. So the biggest investment you can make is on yourself. I could never possibly work for someone and five years later be making netting over a million dollars a year in my active business. It's just, it's just not, not available. Um, mm -hmm. And I think with, with real estate, you have the opportunity to do that. So Stop worrying so much about the gross because a lot of times I see agency get caught up and say, well, if I join a team, I only get 50% or 25% or 30% or whatever it is of the transaction value. Whereas if I do it on my own, I'll get 100%. Well, 100% of nothing, still nothing. Mm -hmm. And the average realtor, again, I'm not sure where most of your listeners are from, but the average realtor in my area does 3.7 transactions a year. Mm -hmm. They make under 20 grand a year. So yeah. I take agents brand new and they do, I mean, I think our, our, the one, any agent that stayed with me 12 months, the lowest they've done in their first 12 months is 20 transactions. Mm -hmm. So you look at that, that's five times, more than five times what the average agent does in the industry. And if you just look at that as the only thing, you don't look at the net, as I talked about at the beginning, you're already far, way further ahead at 30, 40, 50% of that than you would be at 100% of doing three and a half transactions, making 20 grand. Because you also have to keep in mind, there's costs associated with running a business. No business has the same profit margins as real estate. Real estate has a 40 to 60% profit margin, whereas most other businesses are five to 20% based on mm -hmm. which industry you're in. Restaurants are always single digits. So when you're looking at that, you can go meet a realtor and you look at it, oh, my gross commission, my gross commission is 100% of something. Great, well, your net commission is not. It's probably, if you're starting out 20, 30, 40%, if you're investing in your business, if you're not investing anything in your business and you're not growing, you're probably doing two or three deals. And then you're, you're looking at maybe a 60 or 70% profit on it, but you still have expenses, gas and driving and your license and all that stuff. So when you look at the expenses that we can take off on a team to have you join is it makes total sense to be in full immersion and learn from someone doing it, focus on your one thing. And then also be, instead of spending your extra time learning how to run a business, you can spend your extra time learning how to invest in real estate and becoming an yeah. investor. Um, one agent on my team, I'm meeting up with her tonight, she's been with us for two and a half years. And uh, this year, she ended up adding over 100 doors to her portfolio. Um, she did 59 transactions her first year with me. And now she comes in and she's now buying over 100 properties or 100 doors. She's able to create that wealth because she put the time in and understood it and worked with investors and was around my team and I working with investors and introduced to investors and going to meetup groups and all the stuff that we do to serve our niche, which is the real estate investing community. Well, I think one of the things that like, you know, I've learned over being in this business for 15, 16, 17 years is like, 
you you pay for the education one way or the other. And I've paid coaches, I've paid mentors, um, I've done work for free. I've been on teams. I've I've done a lot of different things, and you pay for it either way. And and the, I think the biggest biggest price that you can pay is is not learning. And like you're saying, going back to investing in yourself, um, if there's somebody that's doing what you're doing and you can get their time in some way and be around what they're doing, that's invaluable because the alternative is to try to make mistakes on your own, which costs you not only money, but it costs you time. And especially with investing, I think, yes, you do have to you know, go out, take action, take some risk. But I think you'd agree that like being around other people that are doing it, that understand the business minimizes the risk um, by a great deal. So I would look at it like joining a team or paying a coach or just working for free underneath somebody who's doing it is going to be a shortcut. And we only have so many years, you know, that, that we, that we can learn. And, um, you know, that that's the biggest thing to me more than anything else. I think the reason I go the team route, I, I 100% agree. And it really depends on how quick someone wants to scale. I think that hiring a coach is great. I have five of them. Um, every area of my business and my life, I, I'm always working with coaches to improve and become better. So I, I always, I agree with that hundred percent. However, 80% or more of realtors, I don't care where you are in the world, they're out of the business in two years mm-hmm. or less. So the majority is that you're, you're not going to survive. And so when you look at it, you're going to have to find another job or be part-time or do something else. Whereas when you're in, on a team, like a lot of the top teams that are actually doing it, don't coach. So if you want to go and you want to escalate really quickly and you want to get to the top really quickly and you're willing to go drink from a fire hose, then being a part of an environment that is conducive to that is the only way that it's going to be possible. There are some coaches that will push you outside your comfort zone and almost treat you as if it's a team. But for the most part, um, coaches are going to go a little more, a little faster than your pace. Their job is to push you outside your comfort zone a little, um, not to break you. And, uh, and I think within, within a team, you have an obligation both ways. There's an agent on my team right now that started last March, just got his license a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and his goal was in his first year to do a flip. And after about a 20 minute conversation, he walked out of that meeting saying he wanted three apartment buildings. He just closed on a 22 unit apartment building for just under $2 million last week. Um, not more than eight months after working with me and being in my, in my environment, in our world. And I, I coached him through it from a distance. He wanted me to be a partner on it. And until the day of closing, I wasn't a partner on it because I wanted him to learn what was going to happen and how he had to go through it. And now that he has that, it's invaluable because he can talk to all of his clients. He can talk to, to his future clients. He can do that on his own now. Um, because of the mentoring and guidance that myself and my whole power team, my whole team was able to provide to him. And he mentioned multiple times, he's like, I, I don't think I'd ever bought an apartment building ever in my life if it wasn't for joining your team back in March. And so it's, it's a, there's different ways to get there and there's different speeds at which you want to get there. It really comes down to how quickly you want to go and, and who a mentor that you can reach out to and get in, in their environment is. Most top producers will totally give you 10, 15 minutes, a half an hour of their time to, to pick their brain and discuss. Um, to see what uh, what opportunities may lie ahead. So where do you kind of see your business going, both investing and the team and stuff like that over the next few years? 
So my focus, I have real, really three focuses and they're on my wall. I mean, I got white paper. I'm looking at it right now. The whole, my whole wall is just stickies for business planning for next year. I've been working on it for three months. And when I boil it down to my three big rocks, and, and if you haven't watched the, the YouTube video on big rocks and small rocks, go and watch it and see what happens. If you start with the small rocks, you won't get the big rocks in. If you start with the big rocks, you'll get, you'll get everything in. Um, so I want to find the who that I can build a world large enough around them that they can accomplish all of their goals and be specialists in their field. And so I have the who with this apartment buildings. Um, I'm trying to find that who for luxury this right now. And then instead of actually transacting, I will replace my income with passive income through the team um, with a net uh, that, that far surpasses what I could earn this way. And that way I can continue to build those silos and continue to find that, that ultimate agent to, to take each of these roles. And coming back to that 10 years in sales, one of the value add that we talk about is that we build a world where you have the choice within five years to replace your active income with passive income with multiple different rev, uh, uh, revenue streams, whether that be through real estate investments, that be through ancillary businesses that we can work with you on, or that be through building a team within the team. So I really want to provide that opportunity that five years from now, someone can come into my world now and five years from now, they can actually do what I'm going to do and step away and coach and develop a team. So I'm really kind of paving the way for the future agents within the organization to do that. So that's the big goal for next year for 2022 is to step out of production and still increase our revenue and increase our units. Um, as an investor, I'm closing it on 700 doors uh, next year. I want to scale apartment buildings. I want three to seven apartment buildings a month. Yeah, it's a bit of a wide, wide range. However, I have a couple different partners I'm working on with it. I'd like to do my first development property or project, maybe not completely finished, but at least get break ground and, and do the first development next year. And my goal is to have 2000 doors plus in production. So they may not all be complete, but I want to have 2000 plus. And that really starts with the first 500 becoming cash flow positive. So um, the first like, out of the 700, I'd say about 500 of them are in refinance right now. Um, and so they're going to drive revenue that I could then realistically live off of if I wanted to step away from the business. The goal is not to do that. My investments are always a wealth building block. They're never a cash flow block. Um, every penny that I take from real estate investing gets reinvested in another business opportunity, whether that's more properties or that's life insurance or that's a stock portfolio or that's Bitcoin, it's diversification, whatever that may be. Um, I'm really a big advocate for the, the profit first allocation model. And I drive all that revenue back into uh, more wealth creation to diversify and bring down my overall risk. And then the third bucket for where I want to go is I bought a brokerage this year. And that brokerage is really the opportunity that if an agent finds that they want to be in my environment, want to be in my world, but they don't want to join my team for whatever reason, or they're not necessarily in an area that we can expand to, they can join the brokerage and they can still be a part of the coaching, the training, the development that I've created and some of the systems and models that I've put in play for agents. Um, and then obviously there's a financial value for the brokerage. I mean, five years from now, it should bring in over a million dollars a month or a year, sorry. Um, and that'll basically replace, again, my active income that was from sales with a passive income from a brokerage perspective. So those are the three big rocks for next year is to step away from the sales and the transactions, dial back in on myself and on the culture that I need to create for my, my community and focus on those three big things, which is stepping out of production, growing the business as a salesperson, um, stepping away even further from investments and breaking ground on development, and then stepping away from the recruiting aspect of the, the brokerage and growing the, the brokerage organically. Awesome. Well, congratulations on, on your success. And um, if we have listeners that want to get in touch with you in some way, is there any way that they can 
reach out to you or is there any, you know, information that you share online that you'd be willing to, to provide? Absolutely. I, there's a big push. I guess I didn't talk too much about the specifics, but part of my real estate as a team is to do more uh, large group training. So in 2022, there will likely be some sort of podcast or YouTube channel that comes down the pipeline. Um, we are going to be doing newsletters bi-weekly next year where we're going to have a residential and an investment side. So every, every middle of the month, you'll have an investment. Beginning of the month, you'll have a, a sales side. Um, follow me on Instagram. We're up over 350,000 followers now. And, uh, and I'm building that up so that I can go through Instagram and make a big impact. So there's a lot of video content that's been created. I do video content every week. So feel free to jump through and do some of that. Um, sending me a message on Instagram works too. I will say a lot of them end up in that junk area. So be patient, send a few. And, and uh, if I don't answer you right away, then I, I definitely do look at that. Um, or you can check us out. You can give us a call 905-592-4220 and uh, just kind of Google my name, follow me and, and you can see me in uh, a lot of different areas. All right, perfect. All right, Dylan, thank you very much. I appreciate you obviously taking the time and uh, providing value to our listeners. All right, guys, uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the Agent Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. And thanks again, Dylan. Thanks so much. All right, thanks. Thanks for listening to Agent Investor, and especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincamerancoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.